time for episode 16 of the Beyond the Curve, the MX podcast. And yes, we are not in the pool. And no, well, yes, that's not Derek. Derek is busy being a dad. They are heading up to Pax Track for a three-day camp at uh, Pax Track. And uh, so Derek and Bowen are enjoying some father-son time. Uh, MJ, my nephew... Just came back from a wonderful trip up to Snowshoe for the GNCC. Uh, if you follow any off-road racing, you know that this weekend was a mud fest. Yes. So we're having kind of an abbreviated dining room episode tonight. Um, I don't have all the cool stuff. We don't have the headphones tonight. I've got four hats representing kind of my racing stuff. And uh, we're going to talk about the GNCC. We're going to talk actually about the family part of GNCC because that was the biggest part of the weekend for you guys. And we're going to talk about Michelle and I went down to lazy Springs recreational park for the, for the next round of the uh, I4 MX series by Kenny Yoho. And uh, we had a great time Sunday. So no pro racing this past weekend. Um, GNCC had a race. I4 MX had a race for the Florida motocross series had a race as well. Um, But so we're going to do kind of an abbreviated, just, shoot the breeze episode um this is episode 16 and Derek gave me the keys to drive by myself so i can't let him down and uh brought mj along so that we could talk so first things first since i have mj here i'm going to turn sideways a little bit because snowshoes always kind of the it's kind of the anaheim one of gncc it's kind of the monaco of formula one it is it's kind of its own race it's it starts in the village and but you guys did it a little differently this year you guys actually took a true family vacation before the race so tell us what that snowshoe vibe is like yeah it's 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 great um kind of like you said the monaco of of gncc um i heard somebody phrase it great actually they phrased it um it's an event that just happens to have racing around it yep that's that's pretty much what it is it's one big party um a lot of a lot of cool stuff going on obviously you're on a uh if you don't know snowshoe is a ski resort that um you know in the in the winter they are a ski resort and then uh during the summer they're actually a uh downhill mountain biking facility um they're actually going to hold the world downhill uh, race, I believe it's in September. I want to okay. say, um, so they hold events year round. Um, they have uh, one thing we learned this weekend was they have something called the Forty Eight Forty Eight, which is, uh, I believe, it's two days of forty eight different bands, music groups. Oh wow! Um, uh, and it's like a one big music festival. So they hold all types of events here, conferences for business and stuff like that. So it's not just like a, uh, you know, a ski resort or a downhill mountain biking place. It's it's really a, I want to say a jack of all trades yeah, when yeah. it comes to the resort. Very nice facilities and all that. But uh, into my trip, you know, we we left Wednesday morning around six fifteen. Um, of course, if you're if you're listening, um, and you live in Florida, or even if you just have vacation in Florida, we made it to Orlando I four and twenty seven at about. 7.15, if that, you know, rush hour traffic on a Wednesday, yeah. that wasn't very fun. But uh, we traveled straight through Wednesday, made it to the hotel, I want to say around 11.30, um, give or take uh, 30 minutes or so 
and uh, what was that Wednesday so then went to sleep Thursday spent all day of course it was a little rainy and foggy but uh, you know ski lifts and everything were open so that didn't slow anybody down we were still uh, up and down the up and down the uh, the mountain just really just having a good time um like you said the, the family uh, atmosphere I have a lot of great people in my corner um, this year and you know shameless plug to all those people um, but they they really bring me in like like family and we do the same thing for them um, you know obviously they have a lot of restaurants and stuff so pretty much lunch dinner breakfast well pretty much everything every meal except for breakfast those three days we were with a group of people and you know sometimes it'd be this group sometimes it'd be that group there's just um, a lot of great people at, at the races I've said it multiple times this weekend it's it's like one big family there you know we we race because we like racing but at the same time you know you meet a lot of great people yeah. along the way so and this is that not to interrupt you no, but this is the chance this particular race because it is at a, at a resort and it's yeah. as much as it is in the woods it's not in the woods so it's a chance for families to kind of go on those vacations because it is the summer break. You, this is your last yeah. race until September, right? Mm -hmm. So it, the, as much as it is a hassle technologically to get all the equipment there, it is a place that families can go. And and, and it kind of is the epitome of what the off-road world is, has become. It's that family environment. Right. Yep. I, I saw, um, for those of you that, that don't know MJ, he races uh, four by four quads. And uh, he's come up through the ranks of the 50s to the 70s, 90s, the hybrids, 450, and he's now transitioned to the 4x4 quads. And, and that group of people, they all know one another. They, mm -hmm. all, they, all, they, all, they all travel with one another, and then they get to go to this event. And not only this time, but he got his mom, his dad, his sister, his girlfriend, her, girl, her boyfriend. Well, sorry, Bryce. Her boyfriend. And it was a family vacation, and like he said, there happened to be a race on Saturday. Correct. So, um, any what was the coolest thing you guys did from your perspective? Um, honestly, the whole weekend was just a blast. Whether it was eating dinner with friends, or hanging out, uh, watching the Stasic race on Friday night, or the mountain bike race on Friday night. I saw a video you um, posted at the start of that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, or whether it was you know, I know you guys are open here. Um, I met the podcast that I listen to. It's called the Split Line Off Road Show. Um, Rodney Cooper, who's the main host on that show, um, I got to meet him this weekend, and that was that was a really cool experience. I've been listening to them for pretty much ever since they started. So finally being able to to meet him in person, and uh, of course we've talked online before, but never in person. But that was a really cool experience, and the race. I know a lot of people complain about snowshoe. This was my first time racing the mountain. Uh, I've been there before, but never raced it. And uh, the, it was pretty much pouring the whole race. And I thrive for those races. I love just the, the challenge of the race and just we don't really get a lot of rain races, you know. Yeah. So when, when we get to have a rain race, uh, it was really fun. Um, I had a blast the whole race, even though it was rocky, technical, all that stuff. Like I said, a lot of people don't like the race, but... I had a I had a blast and uh, it's a, it's a one off. I mean, yeah. if you think about like the Tour de France is the race we all know, but they also race this race on cobblestones that that people 
there's a race that races literally on cobblestones and you do it. And then there's, there's car races that people, they don't really like the track, but the challenge of that race. So I understand that, that challenge. And if you see, go on YouTube, go, go look at people. If you're a racing fan, go to people that race GNCC and just look at the pictures, videos from this weekend. There's no one clean. It's impossible to be clean. I even saw funny videos of the mud fleas coming off of the ski lifts falling because their yeah. shoes were so muddy sliding down the stairs or they were drunk. I'm not yeah, sure. I was going to go say with... there's probably a little, <laughs> as, uh, as they were saying on the Saturday broadcast, they had a bit too many Pepsis and yeah. they had too many. Yeah. Uh... But, but it's just an event and, and give us a little insight since, since you were there and, and I haven't been able to do that race yet. Give us a little insight of what makes it so technical now on top of the rain this what makes the track so technical um since this was my first year the rain did kind of throw a little bit of loop in it but like i said i enjoyed it it was fun um but uh just the rocks from what i can tell there there's i don't want to call them boulders but there's big rocks and of course uh with big rocks you have the little rocks which uh you know especially on the four by four and the four wheel drive when you really get on it spins the rocks out from underneath you so you start to lose a little bit of traction um and then the uh the the hills the slopes um there wasn't really too many that were like oh my gosh you know this is insane but just a constant up and down i mean we're, we're climbing elevation to the point where we're going up and down the elevation where my ears are popping in and out. Oh, like, really? Yeah, I'm having to do the old swallow trick to get my ears <laughs> to pop back out because you'd, you'd, uh, you'd be going down or up a hill and all of a sudden you'd hear your bike change exhaust note because your ears pop. So it's like, oh, guess I need to get them, get them back to normal. But just the, the elevation and the rocks really are what I believe – is the the challenging part and with the rain this weekend it softened everything up so it got really dug out um really deep ruts to the point i actually got stuck on my four by four at one point i got uh kind of my frame kind of bottomed out and i got stuck between rocks so i'm shaking back and forth (laughs) trying to get out of the rocks because you know with the dirt bike you're kind of able to paddle through it but uh yeah just to, to to long story short the the rocks are what I what I deem the most challenging yeah. aspect of it, just because they're you never get a break from them. They're and, everywhere. And the gist of this race, for those that don't know, there used to be a race back in the day called the Blackwater One Hundred, and it'll never be repeated, copied, but it was the epitome of true grit off road race. And when they had the opportunity to go to Snowshoe, I mean, one year they had like the double loop, mm-hmm. and they were trying to recreate the essence of what the Blackwater yeah. One Hundred is. And and not to not to throw shade one way or the other, there's a love hate relationship with GNCC and Snowshoe about having the race there, and there's always the question of are they going to go back? Yeah. It's a cool venue. It's a tough venue f- to get to, it, and we joked about the Monaco Formula One. It, it's Monaco is is an absolute hardest thing for F1 teams to go to because. There's not really a pit lane. I mean, Monaco is a, is is a principality, and they have to build everything. Yeah, it, it's not. It's a it's a city. So, snowshoe. Yes, it. They, I don't know how many people it draws. It's crazy. It's as hard as and everybody complains about this race. It always draws an amazing crowd. It does. Um, whether you're a fan or a racer, it, th- there's people there. 
Um, so it, it, I may never get the chance to race it because it, it may go away. Mm-hmm. But they will come up with some place that they can have a race like this, that technical race um, where there's rocks and the uphills, downhills. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's what makes it so unique. And it's, it's a one-off event. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's a true off-road. You have the sand race, you have clay, you have dry, you have, and you have this. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have fun? Would you go back? Absolutely. Yeah. I had an absolute blast. And this, the stories that came out of it, um, I don't know how PG or PG-13 this podcast is. So, uh, but some of the stories, like the waking up at 1.30 in the morning the night before the race to people arguing outside my window <laughs> down because it I would describe it everybody knows Hallmark movies. Yeah. yeah. That's what I would describe. It's like a chalet, yeah. Yeah. A little Swiss would, village type thing. Yes. Yep. I would absolutely dis- like you would think that a Hallmark movie was shot in the village. Because <laughs> yeah, there may have been at some <laughs> there point. may have yeah. been. Very, very possible because it's just it's like a little village. And uh, you know, <laughs> I wake up and all I hear is yelling and screaming and I peek out the window and it's actually the balcony next to me (laughs) is yelling down at the people on the ground like F you y'all get out of here blah 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 and it was just you know I feel bad for the 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 people next to me um were actually the owners of Magna One uh the race team and we well we gotten the chance to talk to them uh I believe it was Thursday um, they invited us to their room and we, we talked for a little bit and, uh, she's like, yeah, I moved here because the place where we stayed last year was too loud. So that's what I was thinking. I was like, Oh my gosh, they moved here because their last place was too loud. And they now, might want to sleep in the rig next time. Yeah. Now we have so many people outside our, our room, but just the, like going to the concert and, um, just, you know, Again, I don't know how PG this podcast is, but you'd see girls go up on people's shoulders, and I mean, you can imagine what they yeah. were doing on top of their shoulders. And they were going for beads at Mardi Gras. Exactly. There There's go. a perfect yep. representation yep. for it, but that's what they were doing at at the concert, and just uh, we didn't go down to Howard's Hole this year just because after the race, I was <laughs> I was spent, ready to get on the road. But um, I'm sure there's crazy yeah. amounts of stories like Adam McGill. Oh, he's got. They have signs that say McGill Mountain. Like yeah, someone made a road sign that said McGill Mountain. And like he sucked in water. Um, I don't know if you you knew this, but he sucked in water about a mile into the racetrack. Well, um, right off the start, you start down the hill to Howard's Hole. So he just walked the rest of the way down to Howard's Hole, and that's where he stayed the whole race. I mean, a mile into the race, he sucked in water. He was done. So he's like, you know what? I'm gonna go party and. Went down in the Howard's Hole. Yep. Exactly. And that's why he still has the following he has. Exactly. Um, it, it, it sucks, you know, to, I mean, he just won recently and he's still competitive, but we wonder how someone that doesn't have any backing per se is still competitive and draws in the people. And it's, this is a good lesson for a lot of the mm-hmm. people out there. Be personable, be, yeah. be who you are, but be personable. If you're a serious person, be serious and, but be personable being serious. Adam is not serious. No. But he's still a good racer, and the fact that he did have a terrible race, but then go hang out with the people who were there to support him. Do you know what those stories those people are going to have? Oh, yeah. He probably did things he didn't actually do, but they're they're telling the stories. Oh, yeah. So I have to ask this before we wrap up the GNCC talk. What's it like starting on the road? It was weird. 
Um, it was weird, but not as ab abnormal as everybody makes it out to be. Um, I feel like the hardest part for me was just, it does throw you for a loop though. Um, it's not hard in the moment, but just the, the, uh, you know, the, where, what word am I looking for here? The, uh, environment, there we go. The yeah. environment of it and just creeping up to the line, creeping up. That part was a little weird, but, um, all week, the week leading up, I talked about, um, where am I going to pee? Where am I going to pee? Cause you know, you got the woods next to yeah, you yeah. on the start line or the porta pot. There's not a porta potty in sight. There's no trees, no nothing. Just so, people. Yep. So all week I'm, oh my gosh, where am I going to pee? Cause I have to pee before my race. I pee on the start line every race. So, and of course I can't do a Adam McGill and pee in between my Nerf bar and my tire. Cause I got, I just got stage fright, man. I, I, I'm man enough to admit it. So I can't do that. I can't pee myself. I just, I, I can't do it. So, uh, you know, where I, I was line thir uh, row 37 and next to me was the entrance to a, uh, one of the, um, I, I'm going to call it a hotel, but one of the, one of the places to stay and, uh, along their, their, uh, entrance, they had bushes and stuff. So I went up, creep, squeezed myself between the, their, their wall and the bush. And that's what I did. So, uh, that was, that was the, 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 hardest part. the hardest part of the weekend for me was figuring out where the heck I was going to pee at. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, the asphalt start, it's, it's interesting. It's cool. It's, it's different. Did you, you know? feel like you were going to blow the corner? Uh, I don't think I was going fast enough. Okay. <laughs> I'm always curious. Cause like if you get going, especially when it's wet, you lock it down, you're just going. Oh like, yeah. And there was people that did that. Uh, and one of my good buddies, he, uh, he did the opposite of that. He didn't lock it down. He just kept throttling out. So he throttled, throttled, and then through the corner, he tagged one of the metal barriers and shot him over, and he just started flipping. <laughs> it was like, so it's definitely interesting. I think everybody should try it, yeah. you know? But uh, I don't think it's as crazy as people make it out to be. It's just become sense. a thing. It's yeah. become a thing. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's like going to Talladega. Uh, they have the Talladega Boulevard, and what people leave behind after Talladega. It, yeah. Each each series has a race that, and it used to be what Powerline Park, where the mud fleas would come at the jump ac yeah. across, and and Powerline Park's no longer there, and it's kind of changed to this the snowshoe. So yeah. um, or the Ironman Hill. Or, yeah, yeah. So which, each to each their own. Yeah, but. each series has this thing. But congratulations on completing it. Thank you. And. Uh, Getting home and getting cleaned up because literally when I tell you that there was no clean spot, just do me a favor. Tomorrow if it rains, go out to your favorite mud hole, jump in, roll around, and stand up. And that's what every rider looked like when they came off the track, whether they completed the race or did not complete the race. So um, you're 18 now. You're not in the peewees anymore, but you grew up with peewees. Mm -hmm. Um this weekend, Michelle and I had the opportunity. Since there was no pro racing, uh, I'm still recovering. I don't know when I'm going to be, be not recovering, but I'm still recovering. So I4MX had their next round down at the Lazy Springs Recreational Park. It's uh, near Lehigh Acres, very near Fort Myers. You could actually see jets landing off in the distance mm -hmm. to the west from the track. Um, very unique track. It's, it's a recreational park. When I say like they have a, they have a lake, there were guys, they have a jet ski course. Oh, really? They have like a, I won't say a mud bog area, but like a area that they've dug a dirt out and you can take your 4x4 quad mm -hmm. and or dirt bike or whatever. 
and go ride around in the wet stuff. And then they actually have a Jeep. When we were coming in, there were like seven FJs, the old Toyota yeah. FJs, heading to the off-road park. Oh. And then they have this motocross track. And it is very compact. It is four long straightaways. There's a couple shorter straightaways. There's only eight corners on the whole track. Oh, wow. Because four of the straightaways are really long. It's a, a very quick track, um, but relatively safe. There are no, you're not going to case a double. Yeah. Um, every jump has a smooth landing. You can clear it. So it's like a, look like doubles, but tabletops. Um, it had poured like crazy there Friday. So the soil was very wet. It's a, a black sand. Yeah, yeah. Um, it looked like even the really, really good guys, there was a lot of movement of the bike. So I don't. I kept trying to, I kept asking people like, hey man, what's traction? And I guess I looked like I didn't know anything. So they were like, oh man, I'm all over. I couldn't really get a definitive answer as to the breakdown of the soil. Yeah. And I didn't want to go on the track and go, hmm, let me look at it. But uh, so the, this series, they have 27 classic motos, 27 motos. Now, some of those are double gate drops, so there's even more. Yeah. But they have all the way from PW50s all the way up to the four-stroke 450s vets. Um, they have a plus 60 class. They have a no-jump class. All your schoolboys, you know, 65s, 85s, novice. I mean, mm-hmm. and there were some kids. so funny. We were sitting next to a paramedic. This is what I love about the sport. And if you're in the sport, share it. Yeah. We're sitting there, and we're at the – I wanted to watch some of the start. I wanted to watch – because the first couple corners, dude, it got – like, it got you, – you'd see the bikes go in, and, like, you'd see their head. The bikes were just in these, like – it must have been really whooped out mm-hmm. in the second corner. And if you were uh, intuitive, you could kind of get out why, but everybody kept filtering in yeah. and dropping in. And this this paramedic, he's standing there. And he's like, man, man, what's it called when this guy just jumped the whole jump and he got sideways and then he brought it back. And, and I'm like, well, that's called scrub. And, and we talked to him and he's like, I, I think I want to go get a bike. This looks fun. I, I can't do it like them. And, and my thought was, is, so we just talked to him. Michelle and I just talked to him yeah. and talked to him about like, he's like, well, what about the, why are these guys jumping so far? And I told him some guys, you know, they're better and they can clear the jumps. And some guys are short jumping because the landings, you know this, like, so there's a landing, but then the landing starts getting cupped out. Yeah, yeah. So guys were short jumping or over jumping so they wouldn't land in the cupped out stuff because it was soft. And if you didn't land on the gas, it was, I was my heart was like, oh, like you just kind of, you know, you watch yeah, it, yeah, you're like, yeah. oh. But uh, we were there and we were actually there, um, Parker C. from Waverly, uh, his mom does real estate services she's a mortgage and we've kind of learned about parker over the couple past couple months and there's another little kid from lake alfred that we saw breck burns um they're both in 65 parker's in 65 beginner and he also races in 85 and then breck is from lake alfred so another local kid yeah. and he races 65 9 to 11 beginner and so we were trying to find some of the local guys who race Track was cool. Honestly, just facilities awesome. I don't think it would be fun to go to a weekly series there because yeah. it's a little narrow. 
to, yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, it's also a little fast. The track broke down good. It had a, it broke down really good. So as a motocross guy or an off-road guy who wants to go practice stuff breaking down, mm-hmm. jump faces stayed nice. It was a really cool... It was just cool, like, okay, we go to off-road stuff and we see the families. It was cool to see the different dynamic of the motocross family. Yeah. And everything's tight. It was a very... It's a very tight... Like, the track almost sits on a little peninsula on this property. So, like, there are people parked out here there were people parked back here yeah there's a few people parked down here and then there was this roadway and so michelle and i just kind of went in just as hey i want to i want to talk about the race but you coming growing up from what you know you were a peewee and now you're an adult what do you like about being because we watch these little kids and michelle and i were talking about and the question i'm getting ready to ask you is so michelle and i were talking about we watched the 50s and the 65s. And in our opinion, it's straight up. It's got to be fun. It's got to be fun. Yeah. Then you'd see like the 85s come up. And it was kind of like, okay. Now we're going to start seeing if Billy has it. Yeah. And you could see the amperage of the umbrellas were there. And they're talking a little more. So for you, coming from literally from the... Peewees all the way up to the biggest you can race. What was that growth process like for you? And where did you start feeling like this is, I can handle this dad or mom? Or, hey, I still need your help on this. Yeah. Because that's what we were kind of wondering. Because in the off-road world, you go out for an hour, an hour and a half, and we'll see you later. Yeah. Motocross, they literally, I think they were running three lap motos this weekend. They were trying to beat the weather, yeah. and um, but you you could run. I mean, you can run multiple classes, so yeah. you you got plenty of racing in. But they're running three lap motos. They finish. They come off. They go get a snack. They for you. What was that growth process like? Because I didn't get to do it from Pee Wee's. Mm-hmm. I missed that part. Um, I was a vet before I started. So what was it like? Where did you where did you kind of start understanding? Like I need to handle this, or hey, mom, dad, can you still help me with this? No, so um, there's still a lot of things that I need help with. <laughs> um, like a simple thing is pits and stuff like that yeah. in the off-road world. I mean, you don't, re- you don't. I don't think you really ever see it in the in the motocross scene where you're yeah. coming into the pits unless you know they just had something catastrophic that they're like, or they had a crash and hey, bend my bars back real quick or something like that. But um. The pits are a big thing. Like each each lap, I had to stop for goggles. Actually, the last lap, I had to pull them off because uh, um, my my canister broke on the side. But uh, I've been there. Yeah, and uh, um, there's a lot of stuff that I need help with. But when when I was coming through the ranks, I had a couple rough years where I just, for lack of better terms, I just really sucked. Um, I was definitely just out there having fun, you know. And that's how a lot of my my career was. And uh, probably around the probably around eighth grade, when I was about thirteen, turning fourteen, um, was when I started kind of kind of doing stuff a little bit different. Just things started started to seem to click, and then uh, I'd move up to the next bike, and it set me back. I don't know how how the MX or uh, even the dirt bike side really goes, but um, when I jumped to the adult course. It seemed like I, 
I had all the progress I had made on that last year in the youth class, it all just went backwards. It seemed like uh, I hadn't made any progress, um, no matter how great I felt or something like that. But uh, then it seemed to grow, 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 grow. And then that last year in the um, in the schoolboy class, um, I felt great. I felt untouchable. And then got on the 450. And I just, FTR, I still did good. I got a championship that year. But GNCC was a huge setback. I, I, I went to the PM race. My first race there, I think I was like 17th or 18th. Then the second race, I was third. And then the next race, I was 15th, 14th, 15th. And then back to third, it was just a up and down, up and down. And uh, um, back to your question, uh, it, it's a, it is an adjustment, you know, when... Uh, when you're not even from the racing on the track side, but the, okay, um, you go fix your quad. I have stuff to do, yeah. you know, like I have grown up stuff to do because, um, you're old enough now where you can go into the garage and do your own work now. And, uh, that's definitely an adjustment. And, um, so I think that's probably the biggest adjustment out of it all is, um, not necessarily the, on the track side of it, but, more off the track you know you your your parents or the people around you um they expect you to be a little bit more independent yeah. when all you've been doing is getting your stuff handed to you on a silver platter it's, i mean i i used to always uh joke that i was on a factory program you know i'd i'd come home my dad would wash my bike he'd prep it for me and we'd go back right right back out racing all i had to do was sit on the quad and ride it so um i think like I said, I don't think the the adjustments on the track. I think it's more off the track when you're gaining more responsibility, yeah. and you know, uh, when it's the night before you have to leave, and you're still prepping the quad because you're expected to do it. You know, and and you know, a, a lot of that's probably lack of preparation. But um, uh, yeah, I I think there are big changes on the track. Um, of course, when you're moving up through the ranks, I don't know how it works in moto, but I'm sure your motos get longer, just yeah. like how our races get longer you know you go from the hour to the two hours to on the bike side you go to a three-hour race yeah um so there are there is adjustments there and you're riding with faster guys but i think it's it's big off the track too and i think the one thing the quad guys kind of get shorted out on is on the bike side you can ride your pw50 and then you can jump up to a 50 of a, a, like a 50 mini mm -hmm. while you're still on the pw and you can go from a 50 mini to a 65 while you're still on it. Like, yeah. You can overlap bikes. Like, for instance, this weekend, Parker, he races a 65 and he has an 85. Mm -hmm. Well, he can race both. So he can focus on the 65 and get comfortable on the 85. Mm -hmm. And those gate drops just, I mean, honestly, you could race. I could have raced one, I could have raced two or three classes this weekend for me. Like, just yeah. me. And I would have gotten plenty of seat time, but as a little kid, I think the cool thing is, is you can go that you can see other people. And the cool thing about the motocross, we were talking about this weekend with Lindsay and her husband, John, and I want to thank them both for allowing us to come into their camper and get a little cool air. It was hot. It was very hot. But we were talking about that as Lindsay even said, she was like, so when he leaves, you don't even see him. She's like, that would kind of freak me out. I was like, yeah, she was like, I, I might see him. In an hour and a half, depending on if it's an enduro or a hair scramble. So, yeah, he's gone. And she's like, ooh, that'd be kind of weird. 
Yeah. In the motocross world, like we could watch the whole race yeah. and see it. And yeah, it's a little different environment, but it's fun. And, and I really, that was my takeaway is there's plenty of opportunities and there were some really good kids there. Yeah. But they're really good kids there. I don't know if that means they're really good somewhere else or if they're really good kid, but they're good. And guess what? There are people that look up to you there. Yeah. So absolutely. Be the hero there. And man, if that's if that's all it is, that's fine. But um no, it was just a it was just a like I said, a quick quick little hit today on, on kind of a it was a short race weekend. Um, next week, I can promise you with Derek's camp that he and Bowen are at, and then the next round of Dade City, and we've got uh, Bud, Red Bud, everybody said Red Bud. Mm-hmm. So we got three huge things that I'm sure we will fill time yes. with next week. We'll be back at the pool, um, but I, I was happy. I actually was happy to have MJ come over and instead of me just doing a solo episode. The last thing I'm going to say is this. I've watched MJ and his family kind of go from a little guy with a with a pop-up camper and to the situation there and now with the racing where sometimes other people take his quad to the race and Michelle and I I didn't start this till I was 31 so it's always been just Michelle and I we didn't have the little guy to do that but the one thing I'm going to say is this as an outsider I offer no advice man have fun you know I have a daughter who's very good in the equestrian world. I mean, very good in the equestrian world. And it's her baby. Yes, we pushed her to go do certain competitions, but she wanted to practice and she wanted to go compete. And I think as these kids get older, I have friends that tell me, that's such a waste of money. They can't believe they do it. Well, guess what, man? Travel ball is expensive. Ballet is expensive. Chess camp's expensive. Art camps. I don't care what you do. If your kid enjoys it, it's all expensive. Your job is, if you have the capacity to facilitate them doing it, do it. You also have the capacity to say, we're not going to do it at that level. If you're good enough, you'll get there. Yeah. I just don't, I just get sometimes a little frustrated. And this race has no no indication. I've seen yeah. it. I've seen it in the off-road world. I've seen see it, it everywhere. I've seen it at a local race on a Friday night. Let your kid have fun. Your worth is not – if your kid falls and finishes seventh, it's okay. It, it, it's okay. I, I saw parents this weekend get frustrated. Little Johnny got a last-place start. Well, maybe little Johnny got a bad start, but maybe he didn't finish the third. Yeah. That's, be proud of that third. Don't get on to them. When they get to 250 – 450, you're qualifying for Loretta's, you're going to mini O's, you're, and you're doing well then, maybe you can start seeing if that's the future. But let them enjoy that process. Don't let it be your process. Let it be their process. Yes, it's your funding. You're the one doing it. And if you don't enjoy it, then don't do it because there's no need for all of you to be miserable. This weekend, it was hotter than blue blazes. And there were families... As far as the eye could see at a motocross track on a Sunday, mm-hmm. you could be anywhere. We were 17 miles from the coast. You know, you were up in the mountains. Yep. We don't have to be on a dirt bike, but these families are choosing to do it. So have fun doing it. Yes, of course, it looks, it's great to win. Sponsors are, are a dime a dozen. Yep. They're, they're a dime Absolutely. a dozen. 
And honestly, that sponsor still isn't paying your bills. Absolutely. <laughs> At this level, the sponsor is not paying the bills. Your 40% discount yeah. you're getting is not worth it. So have fun. Like, yeah. enjoy it. If, that, if that's what you enjoy doing and you want to go camp, go camp. Spend the weekend. Camp. Mm-hmm. Take the dog. Cook the grill. Have fun. Drink some Trulies with your buddies. I'm just kidding. Don't drink Trulies. If you're a man, don't drink them. Um, sit down. Have have a, a, a Modella, I guess we have to say now. I can't yeah. say have a Bud Light. Have a Modella. <laughs> sit down. Enjoy some time with your family. Go race. When they do good, congratulate them. If they're giving you everything they have and they finish fifth, okay, cool. Did they give you everything they had? Fantastic. Absolutely. Are they coming home in one piece? I will tell you, being injured sucks. You've been there. Yep. I've been there. We have friends that have been there. It's not fun. So enjoy it. If they happen to be good enough, cool. We're going to cheer them Saturday night. But if they happen to be good enough to go have fun and enjoy good weekends, I mean, it's awesome. You go to Minio's and watch Minio's. There's guys that finish dead last. They're still trying. They're still they're just, there. They're there. And what was it in baseball? It's like the 1% of 1% get to be pro. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's even less than motocross. I think so. I think it's even less. I mean, do this for me. When you're watching the national next week, the guy that finishes 40th could come to your local track and win. Oh yeah. So look at Jesse Anza. Yeah. Jesse Anza is a prime. And I love Jesse Anza. I watch all of his vlogs. I mean, um, yep. I, 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 uh, Saw him this weekend uh, at, at Snowshoe, but um, I think he got, I want to say... 7th seventh, seventh, seventh yeah. and 13th overall, yep. So, I mean, you're finishing 7th in XC2, but, I mean, he comes to Florida and races double A yep. against some, I mean, yep. fair to say, some pretty dang good guys, and, and he spanks them by minutes. Yep. So, it's just... It's, it's just it's a wild. different world, but yep. enjoy, enjoy it. Like, that's what Absolutely. I noticed this weekend. Uh, I want to thank Lindsay again, Lindsay and John... C and Parker and Smokey the dog. Smokey was awesome. Um, watching them interact. John races. Okay. He races the old man classes yeah. because they're there. So, hey, well, let's race. And Parker was out on his one wheel riding around and having fun. And and they had been in the pond. Yeah. You know, like it's They're doing it right. They're doing it right. They're having fun. And, have and, fun. and at this point, man, have fun. But I want to thank MJ Adonis. Um, for joining me tonight as my substitute. Derek, we miss you. And uh, we're looking forward to the stories from next week. I'm Trey Heath with Michelle and Trey Real Estate. The Invisible Derek is with DBS Custom Fabrication and Handyman Services. And uh, this has been episode 16 of the Beyond the Curve MX podcast. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye.